We are learning the Sicha of Vayakel Pikude in Chelak Chav Aleph of Lakutas Sichas. In this Sicha, the Rebbe will explain to us the inner meanings of the Parshiyos Vayakel and Pikude. Why are they called by those names and why do they appear together most years? What is it that they have in common and what is it that's different about them? And how does this help us appreciate? what the Mishkan is about, and from here, what every Yid is about, what a Sefer Torah is about, and what is the connection amongst the Yid, Sefer Torah, and Hashem. So the Rebbe begins by telling us that we are well aware of the fact that the names of, a, of specific partials in the Torah indicate what is discussed in that specific parsha. So similarly, if we are speaking about the parsha of Vayakhel, the main thing has to do with whatever Vayakhel means and the parsha of Pikude with whatever the parsha of Pikude means. But if we look into the actual meaning of these words, at first glance it would appear that Vayakhel does not really seem to indicate what the word Vayakhel means, does not seem to be the theme of the parsha. And similarly with Pikude. What is the meaning of the word Vayakhel? So Vayakhel means, and he gathered. We have quite a variety of words in Lashon HaKedosh that speak about gathering and collecting things. We have the Lashon of Asifa, Le'esof, to gather. We have the idea of kibbutz, Le'kabetz, Lil coat, and similar terms. What is unique about the word Vayakhel? And here we learn that when we speak about the other terms that relate to gathering and collecting things, they indicate that different things are being collected. For example, we are gathering individual people into one place, or we are gathering details of individual things for one purpose. But once we finish collecting those things, each one of those things remains an independent entity. The things don't change just because they were gathered. But if we use the term Vayakhel, it means that this gathering created something new. We have the word Kohol. Kohol means a community of people. And when we have that, it refers not necessarily to each individual, but the absolute whole that is comprised from these individuals, all these individuals now do not remain individuals, but they are one community, one society. Pikude, which means counting numbers, some total, the tally of something. So when we add up different things, each one matters. And that is how we get the total sum. It's about one being added to another. If we look into the theme of these two partios, it appears to be the opposite. Both of them teach about the making of the Mishkan, the sanctuary, the creating of the different vessels and items in the sanctuary. But there is a difference between them because if we look into the psukim in this parsha and we look into the details, we begin to see how each part of the Mishkan was made, how the curtains were made, how the beams were made, how the boards were made, how outside the Mishkan and within the Mishkan itself, in the actual sanctuary, we learn about the making of the menorah, we learn about the making of the Shulchan and the different parts of the Mishkan.
and each one seems to be indicated as a unique entity of its own. And in Parshas Pikudei, what do we read? That after we have the sum total of all the gold and silver and copper and all the elements that went into making the Mishkan, we learn about the fact that the entire Mishkan was completed and we learn how it was all brought to Moshe as a whole and we are not so much interested in each one of the details as we are about the whole Mishkan, which ultimately would bring the divine presence into itself. So now what do we see? It seems that Vayakil really has the theme of the details, even though it refers by nature to a kohol, a united entity that's different from each individual element of it. And Pikude, which seems to be adding up different details, here we really seem to see a whole thing. So how can we explain this? So Therber brings a possible explanation at the beginning that the word Vayakel, if we translate it literally, it might mean when it says Vayakel Moshe, Moshe gathered, maybe it's talking about the fact that he gathered together all of the Yidden. And this would really seem to relate very well to what we are discussing as a unit because Moshe had to gather the Yidden together to come and build a Mishkan, which the Psukim, after the initial Pasuk, bring out. So by making all the Jewish people united into one entity, we have now the preparation for the actual Mishkan because we have all of the Jewish people together uniting to make a Mishkan, as the Pasuk says, I will dwell in each and every one of them, as we learn in the beginning of Parshas Truma, several Parshios ago. So what happened is, when every single Yid brings his or her own contribution to the Mishkan, what happens is that the money or the donation of each individual no longer is a private entity, but it becomes a communal entity. All the individuals become partners now in this one structure that is going to be the Mishkan and everything that relates to it. And therefore, perhaps we can say that all the Yidden were gathered together as individuals to make them into one kohol, into one group. But we still have a question remaining for the Parsha of Pikudei because we don't have individual countings. We just have a sum total of everything that was brought. And also regarding Vayakhel, even though what we said uh, is very nice and we're gathering every single year to make them all one as far as the Mishkan relates to them. But being that everything in Torah is meticulously exact, so just like we have a name of something and that name has to really give forth the innermost meaning of that thing, it should not only give it forth in the introduction to the subject, but certainly it should be the main point of everything that's discussed in that subject. So the Rebbe tells us that in order to understand this, we would perhaps have to introduce it or preface it with what the Rambam writes in Sefer HaMitzvos regarding the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdosh. And these are the words that the Rambam uses in the Sefer HaMitzvos. He says, Hashem commanded us to build the Beis HaBchira, to build the Beis HaMikdosh, to do service in it. And in this Beis HaMikdosh, we will offer up and we will, the sacrifices, 
and we will light the fires and we will do everything that has to be done in it as it says that they should make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell in it through the avoda that they do but then the Rambam continues with the following sentence this general principle incorporates different meaning different types of things which are the menorah the table where we have the lechem haponim the mizbeach uh, the altar and all other parts that made up the mikdash and all of it together is called mikdash and this mikdash uh, incorporate the, is, is a result of the command including not only in other words to build the actual mikdash but it includes also every single part of it so now we can if we look carefully at this we really realize that we have a question the rambam tells us that all the parts of the mikdash are called mikdash they are details of the generality called mikdash they are details of the particular positive mitzvah vasuli mikdash they should make a sanctuary for me so why does the rambam then add afterwards that already there has been given a command to make every single part there is a command for every single part of the mishkan which indicates the opposite of what we said about the mitzvah of the mishkan being the general principle of making the mishkan so every single part in itself is also seemingly a separate mitzvah so what difference what does the rambam come to teach us here is the mitzvah the building of the mikdash that includes everything in it or and is the mitzvah to build and make each one of the parts in order to answer this question the Rebbe is going to give us three different ways of looking at a possible explanation if we are talking about the connection between the different vessels and things that were used in the Mishkan with the Mishkan itself we can learn this various ways and this would really apply to any study when we are discussing a generality which is comprised of particular details of particular elements so the first example that ever brings that each of the details each of the individual elements are not so important on their own regarding the subject but once we take all of these elements and we unite them into something new then we have a general principle so the fact that we're learning about the details the details are only a preparation to the generality that will follow or we could say that each of the details has significance on its own but when we combine all of them together and they create a new entity which did not exist before and we have an example here that we all are very well aware of for example when you have a minion for davening or for other things that require a minion every single yid has a kdusha every single yid is holy but by coming together to form that minion we create a higher level of kedusha and that we're able to read the torah or do things that we do when we have a minion and the third example that Rebbe brings is that each of the details are not really so important on their own however when they all become united and they form one entity 
Once that happens, every single, de every single one of the details acquires a significance of its own. For example, if we speak about the Mishkan or the Beis Hamikdash, which came later, for which the Mishkan was the prototype, we have a courtyard, we have the actual Mishkan, we have the Holy of Holies, after the general sanctuary itself, each one on its own, but when each one was on its own, before it became part of the Mishkan, it didn't have a specific holiness of its own. But once it was built as part of the Mishkan, the Kedusha of each part remains, even when the Mishkan is taken apart for traveling in the desert, as we learn in Chumash Bamidbar, or even after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, we still have a Kedusha in anything that's related to it. So this, these are three general ways of relating the details of something and the sum total of the thing and what the sum total of the thing does to the details. And here we're going to apply it regarding the different kalim, the different articles that were found in the Mishkan. So we're going to follow the three examples. The first one being that initially each one of these did not have a special significance, a special holiness. But once all of them were completed, and or once the entire Mishkan was set up and put together, and these vessels were brought in for the first time, and we actually have a Mikdash, now we don't have parts, we have something called a Mikdash, a sanctuary. The details don't have a special significance, but the very fact that they are part of the Mishkan, now they are holy. But the details themselves don't really matter in terms of that. Or another way that Rebbe puts it is, what is meant by Mishkan? What is meant by Temple? What is meant by Beis HaMikdash? That we have everything there, the curtains, the beams, the boards, the different elements that were there, the way they were set up, the thresholds, the shulchan, the menorah, the golden mizbeach, the mizbeach of Karbanos, but each one of these is not so holy on its own, just like the outer parts of it don't have the same holiness of its own. However, as they are part of the Mishkan, they have the holiness of the Mishkan as part of that one entity. According to the second way of looking at things that we mentioned earlier, each one of the parts of the Mishkan has a very specific Chashivu's significance and holiness of its own, even before we have the whole Mishkan. So the menorah is holy once it was made, the shulchan is holy once it was made, the altars are holy once they were made. Once we bring them into the Mishkan, the Mishkan becomes completed and we have a complete Mishkan. And the third example we brought is that once they are being made, they do not have their own unique holiness, their own unique special quality, but once the Mishkan is set up and everything is brought into it, each one of these now acquires a new type of Kedusha that it did not have before, and it applies to each one of them. So the menorah is now holy, the shulchan is now holy, as an, each one as an, as an individual item, in addition to the fact that it has a Kedusha as being part of the Beis HaMikdash itself. What is really the practical difference? Why do we really have to discuss this and delve into it? 
So here we're going to learn that when the Beisam, the parts of the Besamikdash were made, each one had to be made for the sake of Hashem. It was not done just as building something, but each one was for the sake of Hashem, Lishma. So according to the first explanation, what is the Lishma over here? Why are they being made? They are being made not because each one matters so much on its own in terms of the Kedusha, but it's being done. These things are now holy because they are part of the Mishkan. So it's L'shem the Kedusha for the purpose of the Kedusha of the Mishkan. According to the second explanation we gave, that each one of the details of this whole entity that's going to be a Mishkan has its own Kedusha, even before it becomes a part of the Mishkan. And with each keli that was made was made lishma for that keli. So when the shulchan was made, it was made for the sake of making the shulchan holy and the menorah and likewise every other part. And according to the third explanation, being that by making these kalim and by bringing them into the mishkan, we don't only have a kedusha. There is a general entity called the mishkan and that's holy but each one of these has its own holiness as well so initially as they are being made they are being made not like in the first example for the sake of the holiness of the mishkan or the second example the holiness of the kalim but it's for the sake of the kedusha of the mishkan and the particular kedusha of that particular item and now we can say that's when the Rambam adds, after he says that all the parts of the Mishkan, all the Kalim are parts of the Mishkan, and they are all, all called Migdosh. And then he adds the words, and Hashem has already specifically given a command for each part. And this teaches us that this principle of making a Mishkan incorporates many different elements. And the command, Va'asuli Migdosh, initially means to make a mishkan that will also incorporate kalim. And once it's completed, each one of these kalim is really fulfilling a particular command and has its own holiness, as we said in the third example. So now we're going to get to an indication of why is this parsha where we learn about these kalim called vayakel specifically, where we indicate with the word vayakel, that it means one entity. And yet we're learning about the details of each one. So what we're really learning here, the Rebbe says, in vayakel is the manner in which each one of the individual items of the Mishkan will be created, will be prepared, so that when the whole task of completing the Mishkan and its kalim will be in a manner of vayakel. And that's even though it says by each particular keli, and this one was made, and this one was made, and this part was made, and that part was made, but the intent of making each one of these was not just to have particular actions relating to particular kalim for that particular keli, but the whole purpose was to collect all of these parts, which are important in their own right, and from all of these parts together, to make a mishkan. Because before we have the whole mishkan, it would seem that it would not have its own chashivus. It would seem that it's only important because it's part of the mishkan. So here we learn that each one is important and it becomes part of the mishkan. 
It's one entity. All the Jews are one entity. The Mishkan is one entity, and it's made up of these parts. But in Parshas Pikudei, where we learn that all the work for the making of the Mishkan was completed, and the Mishkan was actually set up with full with all its parts. Now we could understand and appreciate what Pikudei means. We have an uh, an entity of details that are important on their own. Not only do we have the general concept of the Mishkan, because once the Mishkan is put up, we have not only a Hashivus of Vayakel, that it's one entity, one Mishkan, but each one of the items, the vessels in the Mishkan and everything related to the Mishkan is has its own special Hashivus. So this is how the Rebbe explains to us about the parsha of Ayakel and Pikude. Now, to get to the lesson from this and the practical application for each one of us every day in all times, so we know that everything in Torah is eternal and every lesson in Torah is eternal, how much more so lessons from the Mishkan, that the primary lesson of the Mishkan is, as the Pesach says in Parshas Truma, where the subject is introduced, and here we have the famous words, it doesn't say I will dwell in it, it says I will dwell in them. Why them? The Mishkan is one entity, but them means every single Yid. So from here we understand that when we take the combined meaning of Hayakel and Pikude relating to the building of the Mishkan, it brings about the Veshachanti Besocham regarding every single Yid. What does this mean? We see the following. We see that all of the Jewish people are one Sibur, one community. All Yidin together create one complete body. And when there is a lack in one Yid, or if one Yid is missing, the complete body is lacking and it is not complete, and it is not perfect. On the other hand, we learn that every single Yid on his own is an olam mole, a complete world. As we learn in the Mesech the Sanhedrin, that every single person is a whole world until Chazal tell us that every single individual is obligated to say, Bishvili nivraha olam. The entire world was created just for me. What does that mean? The entire chain of creation from the moment Hashem decided to make a world until the world actually came to be, this is because of me, because of every single individual. Every individual has a right to say this, and every single person has to say it, from the simplest Jew until the greatest, from the least sophisticated yet until the greatest one. And therefore, we have the lessons from the Parshios, Vayakhel and Pikude. Because Ayit could think, each one of us could think that initially, or at the base, essentially, each one of us is an entity onto himself or herself. Not that we are necessarily very arrogant about it, but it's a holy thing to be a Yid. The person is a Yid. The Yid is a servant of Hashem. We all know the famous teaching that Rashi brings from the Medrash, that Eved Melech, if one is the servant of a Melech, one already has part of the Melech in him. We are all servants of Hashem, 
to serve our creator. Each one of us has our own unique special task in this world, our own unique special avoda. And in addition to this, we are also part of a whole people. But the most important part of that whole people is me, and then I am also part of everybody else. So here we are told that when we're going to build the Mishkan and each keli in the Mishkan, each item in the Mishkan is so important and each one has its own command to be made, not relating to all others. Each one has its own mitzvah, each one has its own vayas related to that, its own being, vayas means and he made it, relating to the special characteristics of that keli. Yet the Torah comes and puts this into parshas vayakel. What makes this what it really is? That it's part of a mishkan. Similarly, the yid has to know that the initial point, the beginning of everything, is one has to incorporate oneself with all other yidn. Bayakol comes first, always before pikude, even though we read them together in most years, in a manner that what makes me who I am, the fact that I am part of a larger entity. I am part of a kohol. I am part of the Jewish people. Therefore, think about it. We actually manifest this in our daily divine service as soon as we begin to daven in the morning. So before we ask Hashem for our needs, our personal needs, and we know that it is one of the mitzvahs of the Torah to daven, to pray to Hashem, to ask Hashem to provide us with what we need. Before we get anywhere near that, what do we do? We connect ourselves with all other yidn, and we have the custom to say before we start davening that we take upon ourselves to fulfill the mitzvah, that whatever we care for ourselves, it applies to every other yid, and we are part of everyone before my own individual needs can even be mentioned. We also know we have a Lesson in Pirkei Ovos, Al Tifrosh Min Hatzibor. A Yid should never separate himself or herself from the Jewish community. And notice, when we daven, and when we daven for ourselves, where most of our requests are in the Shmona Esrei, the high point of davening, notice that all the requests we make in Shmona Esrei are not written in singular, but written in plural. For example, we say, Hashem should accept our tshuva, not my tshuva. Hashem should grant, uh, should grant us wisdom. Hashem should uh, heal us, rifa'enu, not rifa'eni. Always asking on behalf of all other yidn. So whatever we are, we are what we are just because we are part of the cloud, like Parshas Vayakil indicates. On the other hand, the Rebbe says, if we are doing something for the community, we can start calculating and thinking that, okay, we're doing it for the community, but it has nothing to do with me. My perfection is relating to my own individual service, my own individual work, but I will also do what I have to do for the klal, for everybody else, and I will even waive my own greatness, my own perfection. I'll give up something of myself to do something for someone else. So here, the Rebbe says in no uncertain terms, on the contrary, setting up the Mishkan for the Jewish people has to be in a manner of pikudei, 
every single Kaylee individually designed and created is being brought to Moshe. And after that, Hashem says to Moshe that we learn the details in Parshas Pikude about the importance of each one. When we do something for the Klal, it also brings shlemus, it also brings perfection to every single individual. And that's what Parshas Pikude is, even though we started out with Thayakel, all these details make one Mishkan, and Pikude, we go in to discuss the, uh, the importance of each Yochid as part of that. What's the reason for this? Why is it so important to incorporate everything we do, our own personal private things, all hidden? Why must we always be connected and related to the tzibur? And on the other hand, why when we set up the mishkan, does that, as everyone together, as one thing, does that really, does that lead to the ultimate perfection of each individual? Because in essence, Yidn have both of these. By a Yid, the Vayakel, the being part of a larger community, and the Pikude, the details, it's all one thing that we learn. And therefore, it happens to be that in most years, when we read the Torah, most of the years we read Vayakel and Pikude together. In other words, they appear to be one Parsha. Why? Because even though on the surface, if we look on the outer level of things, the things that are more revealed to us, what do we see? That when we have individuals and we have a group, they seem somehow to not be so in line with each other. One may seem to be a contradiction to the other or two separate things of perfection and completion, a perfect individual, a perfect society. But therefore, if we emphasize the myla of the cloud, the advantage of the community, it weakens the importance of the individual. And if we put the main emphasis on the individual, it sort of diminishes from the importance of the community. However, if we look at things from the inside out, if we look at things from the essence, whereas the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya and the famous Perek Lamed Beis, where it speaks about the connections of all Yidin, how we are all one, and we have one Father in heaven, because this one Father in heaven, as far as he's concerned, the manifold details are not really any kind of contradiction to absolute achdos and unity, because we're talking at a level where there is absolutely no conflict, and everything fits in perfectly, as we know, that because Hashem is perfect and there are no details there or, or everything is there incorporated over there, it's not a contradiction. And the greatness is that there can be the details and not be conflicting to the generality. And therefore, this is mirrored in the Yidden because we know that Yisrael and Kutshabrichu are all one. The Jewish people and Hashem are all one. And the fact that the Yidden comprise one nation is not a contradiction to the entity of each Jew as an individual, but on the contrary, being that the achdos that didn't have and the lack of contradiction that didn't have is because of the very essence of Hashem, which is reflected in the essence of Yidin, 
this expresses, or rather becomes expressed, the achdos in the fact that all the details do not conflict one with another because in the essence it's there in every detail. So if the essence is there in every detail, every detail will not be a conflict to the people as a whole. And in conclusion, the Rebbe relates this connection between Yidin and Hashem and the fact that the cloud, the group, the community, and the individual do not take away from each other, but rather perfect each other. The Rebbe also connects this to a Sefer Torah, that when we have a Sefer Torah, we also see the unity, the connection between the cloud, the generality, and the details, like we have in Vayakel Pikudet. So what is a Sefer Torah? A Sefer Torah is comprised of hundreds of thousands of separate independent letters, and all of these letters together in their various detailed forms create Torah Achas, create one Torah, which is the idea of Ayakel, that all the various parts of the Mishkan create one Mishkan. On the other hand, when we have a one complete Sefer Torah that is completely perfect, holy, kosher in everything, each letter stands on its own. When a Sefer Torah is written, there has to be a space, a clean piece of parchment between each letter, indicating that each letter is separate and distinct from all others. And in conclusion, the Rebbe tells us that being that Jewish people, Torah and Hashem are all one, kulachad, this expresses in a revealed way, this becomes expressed in a revealed way in a Sefer Torah, where the klal, all the letters unite in one Torah, and the prat, each detailed letter has its own space, and there is this absolute unity amongst everything. And this is really the lesson, and also the Nesinas Koach. This gives us the strength to continue living this lesson from the parshios of Ayakel and Pikude to increase in anything, in a diligent way, to unite all Yidden together, including also the thing which the Rebbe was emphasizing at that time, the myths of Sefer Torah, by having every Yid buy a letter in the Sefer Torah together with other Yidden. So these become general Sefer Torah that are reflecting the participation of every single Yid, and they get written in order to unite all Jews together. And through this, we have the perfection of every single Yid as an individual, a completion, uh, a fulfillment. And we reveal the connection with Torah and being in Torah through that letter that every individual has that's his or her very own in the Sefer Torah. And this also brings to the Shleimus of all of the Jewish people together that we are one kohol, we are one group, we are one community. Each one is united with a yichud amiti, with a true unity through the Torah of truth and the Torah of eternity, which is an eternal yichud, an eternal union. And through this, we speed up and we bring closer the true, perfect, complete Geula, which will be an individual Geula, as we are taught that Hashem will hold onto the hand of every single individual, bring him from his place wherever he is, as it says in the Pesach. Each one of you will be gathered one by one, 
And at the same time, there will be a general geula, kohol godol, yeshuvu heina, one hakel, one community, genheira v'yameinu, we may we merit to live this and to have this completely fulfilled speedily in our time. Thank you.